Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to Filmbusters and the return of Adam. Filmbusters. We've been having a whale of a time without you, Adam. We've been we holding have. down this podcast, boy. You watched this... Gentleman, didn't you, Gentleman? We did watch The Gentleman. Why didn't you do 1917 instead? Because uh, we're doing the Uncut Gems instead. We're doing today's one. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't uncut... So 1917 came out at the same time as Gentleman. 1917 came out at the same time as Gentleman. And also, we made a decision that 1917 is not going to be very interesting to talk about. And as we all gave it pretty much the same score, it's true. It would have been a really dull fucking podcast because we would have all gone, yeah, yeah, it was a really good war film. Yeah, really yeah, good. I, lo- I love that it's one shot, but it's not really one shot. It wouldn't have been a very funny podcast, would it? There'd no. have been no jokes. No. Our trademark humour would have been lacking. Very much. Speak highly of yourself there, Ben. Good film, though. Very good film. Wonderful. So on to this one, then. We're back. We're starting That's the not decade. How it goes, Adam. You've the year starts now, point. okay? The year starts now. No, uh, it doesn't. We've started this already. We started the year, baby. Uh, is there any scores on the quiz? No. So the year starts oh, now. Oh, yes. So before we start our, our lovely review of Uncut Gems, we have a special event happening right now. It is time for Ben to take over because he's now the host of the quiz. Dun, this dun, is true. Dun. I forgot. I, I, actually, I actually totally forgot this was happening. <laughs> I forgot until about half an hour ago, so I had to really quickly prepare a couple of questions for you guys. So this might be a bit of a shit opening week. How are we doing this? Are we doing it in the same tactic as Paul, or then related to the film, or are you just going to hit me with David and shit? You're going to find out, mate. We're going to do this thing exactly how Paul did it. So if you guys don't get the points, I get the points. And I think, I don't know. Yeah, I gathered that part. That wasn't going to change. That part worked well. We'll see. Why don't you uh, be a good host and explain to everyone what this quiz is? Like so I this had quiz... to do every episode and then Adam can complain as well at the end. Yes, I don't actually know what your explanation of the quiz was other than I ask Paul and Adam a quiz question, two quiz questions, and if they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't get it right, I get a point. Last year I everywhere. won by a landslide and this year Adam is going to hope to achieve his first victory. The first year was Paul, he won the crown. Second year was Ben, I won the crown. This is Adam's year to prove himself my or, decade, not my year, my decade. Well, whatever, whatever the fuck. Decade is 10 years. So here we go. Are you ready to answer your yeah. first question of the year? I'm very excited and, and I'm ready. Good. There is going to be a trend and I want to see who spots it first, but I'm not going to explain what the trend is. And it won't be discoverable today. It will be over time. Okay. First question. Here we go. And this is the only time I'm going to do this. And this is in honor of Paul. Okay. Tagline question. Here Ooh, we go. Okay. What Adam Sandler movie is this tagline from? In the world of comedy, it's sink or swim. Funny, funny people. Incorrect. Oh. Young Adam. In the world of comedy, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think where he'd be a comedian in a film. I, I don't think you're going to get this, my son. <laughs> Click. It is not either of oh, those Wait a minute, I, I think I know what it is. Go on, you can take it, a guess, but you won't go, get the is point. Is it going overboard? Absolutely. Yeah. Adam Sandler's very first film and one of the worst rated films on IMDb. Yes. I've never wa- I don't watch a lot overboard. of Adam Sandler films. It's a horrendous film. I've watched it. Have you watched it, yeah? Yeah, it's How terrible. bad is it? So terrible. So terrible. Oh, dear. It's like oh, dear. vomit-inducing. It's mm. disgusting. Well, I would like to see it just for that, but actually I don't think I can be bothered. It's fucking Adam Sandler. Yeah, but you like Happy Gilmore though, don't you, Ben? 
Uh, no, I don't like Happy Gilmore. Well, Happy Gilmore's fine. It's the, what's that one? The Billy Madison, which is the golf one. I don't like that one. Happy Gilmore's a good golf Happy one. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I don't like Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison's the kiddie one. Where he plays Billy, like Billy Madison's kid. fine. All right, are you ready for the next question, children? Yes, please. Go for it. In what film was Robert Pattinson acting in when his hair started to fall out because of how many times he had bleached his hair? Good times. Oh, oh, nicely done. I didn't think anyone was going to get it. It literally came to my head as soon as Adam said it. Damn it. Do you know why I said that? Because po- I saw it pop up on Netflix earlier. And I looked <laughs> oh. at his hair and it's all very bleached. I was thinking of Twilight. Then I was like, no, there's something with his hair bleached. And then it came to me. Damn it. I was yes. going to say Harry Potter because that's the only one that came into my head. <laughs> <laughs> he had to shave all his hair off afterwards because it was such a get terrible Get fucked, job. Paul. Get fucked. Well, well done. done. Well done. It Adam, might look be at your this. birthday. You might be 30, but you're last in the quiz. And that's, how no you're gonna end your, that's how you're no going to end your year of being 29. Ouch. How do you feel about that? Very poisonous. It is poisonous, but Adam's got <laughs> smelling blood this year. So that means I told you. for the opening no week of the quiz, one point for me and one point for Adam and no points for Paul. This is a miracle. <laughs> it's lovely. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys are getting a chance for once. Oh, here we go! I promise the questions will be better. It's not so future, easy to start at the table, is they it? When good they make questions. extremely hard questions. I know. See now, Paul. Paul has to now prove himself because all his points were from our lack of knowledge. Now he's got a show. We're making stupid questions <laughs> up. That was stupid. Let's see. Let's see how he's going to do. I don't think very well. These two are very, very bitter people. This is like getting out of Nazi Germany and into like a new world. It's yes. like Hitler's left. And he's no longer in control of the quiz. We can have fun. <laughs> Charles Manson's in charge now. <laughs> we might get free questions. We might not have to read out the rules every week. You never know. You never know. This is all good. Well done, boys. Well so done. that's that. We're done. We're done. Lovely. Beautiful. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I introduce the main event? I, yeah, I'm looking forward to discussing the main event. Let's 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 move on to that. Let's roll that theme tune. The main event. The main event. Here is our feature topic. Plus, Adam might do a rubbish plot summary. Fucking serious. Right, so guys, we are talking about uncut gems today. The new lovely Adam Sandler film from Why'd the. Why do you Safety... say lovely? Why do you say lovely? I always You're say lovely. Your hands. I say lovely every single time, no matter what. Bait it out. I've you never spoiled it for that. everyone now. I always yes. say lovely. I say it too many times. You've I say it too much. Hand. So we're talking about the new Adam Sandler film by the Safdie brothers. Yes. Are you happy with that, that so far? You're not going to complain. Yes. That's certainly factual. No bias okay. there. No bias. So this is a spoilerific episode. So we will be going straight into spoilers. We don't hang around here. We don't talk about non-spoilers. So if you haven't seen it. We're going to spoil it. So go and watch it, then come back. But firstly, Adam, would you like to explain the plot? Okay, so this here is a film about, with Adam Sandler in it, who decides he's a diamond dealer, or he deals in diamonds and gems, obviously, because it's uncut gems. Um, And, yeah, he then starts to, he gets a gem in, and he gives it to this basketball player. This basketball player's like, this is really making me good. And he gives him this ring, and it's all about him gambling. He's got no money, but he's gambling. He borrows money of people and gambles it, and yeah, yeah, and it gets really intense. Yeah, I've missed Very your good. little Very plot good, summaries. Um, who's the plot <laughs> summary for Gentleman? 
Ben? I think I did. Yeah, it was it very good. It wasn't very good. Best, best, oh. best it's quite I've hard ever to do, heard. isn't it, Ben? <laughs> it is hard to do, actually. It was the best I've ever heard, Adam. No. From Ben, said. not from you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, he's a diamond dealer and he's basically a gambler as well and he's going through divorce and all that. That's about the size it. of it. It is. That's about the size of it. So before we get into our points of view, boys, shall we li- shall we li- hear a little from some of our wonderful followers on Twitter and see what they thought of Uncut Gems? I would don't love give that. away don't give away your reactions when we read them out, though. I will not. Okay, go ahead, Adam. You read the first. I'm going to go for one here from Kevin Moore. Watches things. It's Kevin with spelt with a C instead of a K. It's very short. It's very abrupt. Don't think he enjoyed it too much. He called it noisy and ugly. Full stop. Jurassic Mark said, It's a shame that it has taken this film for a lot of people to realise that Adam Sandler is slash can be a genuinely brilliant actor. The film itself is yet another great anxiety attack brought to you by the genius minds of the Safdie brothers. For your reference, our lovely friends at For Your Reference, they say, Is it an anxiety-inducing mindfuck? Absolutely. When you remove that, what do we have? A relentless, frustrating lead that burned everyone around him. That could have been interesting if there were more layers to him and the world around him. This one here is from Sam. It was a film where normal breathing didn't resume until the end of the credits. Extreme tension should be a new Olympic sport. And Adam Sandler has done the impossible. I've actually got a positive opinion of him now. Here's one that's a little bit in the middle. The Contrarians, Contrarian Prime said, I'll sound like a broken record, but not as good as Good Time, but with a better ending. This next one's from Movie Virgins podcast. They say, the sound was overwhelming. I was uneasy that entire time, just taking it all in. And Sandler crushes. How did you make me give a shit about Howard Ratner? This one here's from Mikey. I need to see it with a pause button so I can get up and walk away and calm down. So I guess it did its job. And finally from Moku, which is at Films Japan, I found his character deciding to gamble everything a little bit contrived, so the ending was a bit false to me. Until that point, it was a very solid and tense ride. A wide spectrum there, but genuinely it seems pretty positive. Yes, yeah. I'd say more positive than negatives. Apart from yeah. Kevin with a C. Yeah, Kevin hated yes. it. Kevin, Kevin hated, hated it. it. But the reasons that Kevin hated it are also the reasons that some people here seem to have enjoyed it. The sort of overwhelming, uneasy nature. Mm. With that being said, we got to move on immediately to our first reactions. So we're going to do a minute uninterrupted first, yeah? Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Who wants to go first? I'm going to go first this week because I'm back here. Everyone's excited to hear me. Jesus. Really, people are actually turning up. Go for I'm it. I'm joint first in the quiz. So it's obviously established everything's going my way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say that was straight face. Um, yeah, I I gave this film eight out of ten. Um, you waiting for our reactions, enjoy- then, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, he oh, was, no, I, I didn't know actually what to say. Yeah, um, yeah, I very much enjoyed the build up. It was a bit all over the place. It was a bit messy. It didn't really make too much sense, but somehow I think it was meant to be like that. It didn't really work. You were kind of like, oh, please don't do that the whole time. Um, there was, yeah, nothing was really explained too well. It just kind of happened. But again, it all kind of seemed to work this time in this film and this style. But the ending, the last 20 minutes, really brought the film out. And I really, really enjoyed those last, I think it was the last 20 minutes when obviously the the final climax happens. Um, but yeah, that was brilliant. And I was sitting on the edge of your seat. And yeah, like everyone's been saying so far, 
you were like extremely anxious. You you couldn't stop. You just you couldn't take your eyes off it. You just had to find out what was happening, and it's why again sport is so brilliant. But then making it through with a million pounds on the line as well. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. That's how Adam wins. Would you anyway, like to go next, Paul? Okay, I'll go next. Right, so what did I think of Uncut Gems? Firstly, I just want to say I thought Adam Sandler was fantastic in it. He did an amazing job. Um, and the film, overall, was extremely captivating. I was, I was really enjoying it. I never got bored. I never, I never got thrown out of the rhythm of the film. Um, but one thing I've got to say is his character was so annoying. He was like he was like Mr. Bean, right? The the situations he was putting himself in were just annoying me so much. But I wasn't saying it was annoying me like annoy the film was annoying me. It was more like, oh I, I love Mr. Bean, but I wasn't watching Mr. Bean. But then the end of the film I love the end of the film. I didn't like the build up to the end of the film. And as you said, Adam, about the sports side of things, I maybe because I don't like sports, but it was really it was it was probably the most exciting part of the, the least exciting part of the film not the most exciting part of the film and apart from the ending which suddenly ramped up i would say that that was probably the weakest part but what i what i tend to think about in films when a film suddenly ramps up at the end where it's expecting you to go wow i think it's because it expects you to leave the theater thinking better of the film than it was and that's kind of what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood done. And I have to sit back and think, okay, but was it as good as the ending was? And for that reason, I don't think it was as good as the ending was, and I'll give it 8 out of 10. Still a fair score, considering... No, it was a fair it score, was... but I'm saying... That's... I was expecting you to drop it to, like, a 6, I hate considering... But they're, yeah, they're, still a fair old score. They are, the, they are the reasons why I didn't give it higher, because everyone's really given this film a high score. So I feel like... I feel like we should be out there to say why it's not a good film. All right, well, you, well you're not going to get that input from me because I give this film a 9 out of 10. Well. I probably think that this film, at this moment in time, because I only saw Parasite last night, I'm trying to toss up whether this or Parasite is better because currently Parasite is also a 9. Um, and I feel, I said to myself, based on this conversation I have with you two now, by the end of this conversation, I will decide if Uncut Gems Places is the best film. Okay. Or if it will be Parasite. But all of the things that you said about um, the ending, I agree with to- totally in terms of how most films do it. A lot of them really lift up at the end and you kind of left with the feeling of walking out of the cinema that, wow, that was euphoric, that was great. And had, like you say, if that ending hadn't happened, would the whole film have been great? Actually, with Uncut Gems, I could, even if they hadn't killed him off at the end... I would have loved this film because the energy that was going along with it all the way, like whether if he had lived, if he if he had won that bet and walked away from it, or if something else had happened, I would have still loved it because it was so hectic, stressful, energetic from the off. Like there was no relenting. The whole film was the ending. Yeah. It had that level of suspense and tension and like intensity. There was no let up. There was no reprieve. There was no like let here's here's a chance for the dust to settle here's some sit down moment here's a soft conversation every fucking scene was laced with like energy and intensity and like anything could happen at any moment and i have not had that experience with a film since i don't know when to constantly be on edge and 
that coupled with the performances and the way it was shot, I just think was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. It, it was like one, one thing or another was going to bite him at the end of this film. He had done so many dodgy things, whether it was going to... His, the family catching out that he's got his mistress on the side, all of this kind of thing. One of these things was going to bite him. One of the, all the people he owed money to, one of them people was going to come back and get him. He was, he was just gambling everything. At all times, yeah, the more it wasn't I just think money, about it, it was life. Yeah, was yeah. The fun. more I think about the build up to this film, the more I enjoyed it. But during the time, I just remember being it is so chaotic. I was like, "Where is this film going?" And it just made complete sense at the end. But now I think if I was again to rewatch this film, knowing exactly what I'm getting myself in for, again, I think it was like I went to see Lighthouse last night. It'll be the same as that. Now you know what you're going to get yourself in for. You'd have a complete different experience watching it again, and you might be able to appreciate all the little things in the build-up throughout. Yeah, it's always, it's always the same about relaxing into a film, isn't it, after you've watched it? You can you experience it in a totally different way. And you can... You can it can go either uh, way, really. You can like it more. It is a film that I think will, that will grow with me. The more I watch it, the more you'll be like, OK, wow, this is actually... It's a good piece of cinema. Do you feel like you would relax into this film? Is that the right words? Because I, I feel think, like if no, you watch you know, this again... No, but you know what you're getting. You know what ride you're expecting. Exactly, yeah. but you know where it's heading. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, so but you also it like stressful, man. I don't. I didn't know any anything about this film before I went in. I just knew he was a a, a gem dealer. That's all I knew. Mm. Yeah, it was lovely so, going to this film not knowing anything. Really, yeah. But mm. so you don't know. So you're almost trying to work out. You're trying to work out exactly what this film is throughout the film. I think you've got an opening twenty minutes where everything's a bit chaotic. So many people are talking, and this is the style that I liked. I like the fact that. Lots of characters were talking constantly and you quickly realise, right, you're never just going to have a scene where you can hear two people having a conversation. There's constantly going to yeah. be ambience. There's going to be other people talking. You're the in camera's going to be like cutting. Just, exactly. It, feel, you're it feels yourself, like you're, you're, in you're engrossed. You are engrossed in this film from the offset. And in this there's chaotic no, world that you're in. There's, there's mm-hmm. no escape. You're in. That's it. And you don't want to leave it either until the end. No. And the, the, the reason, that, that's it. Because it's so far removed from my life, my life is not anything like his life. And I loved the film because of that, because it took me from my life and put me in that mental two hours. And I was an in it. And that's, that's what you want from cinema, isn't it? You want it, not even escape, but just to let me you don't be want to in feel another like environment. Yeah. He's just living on a knife's edge, isn't he? It's like, it's, it's almost he wants to self-sabotage. It's... it's it's crazy like no matter what kind of situation is he's in it's just how how the how the hell can i fuck this up for myself and that is yeah. what he did i don't think he, i don't think he's trying to fuck it up for himself he's, no he's not he trying to, to fuck it up for himself but that is like where that's what the film was it's like let me let me put let me put this, me in a situation and then when it was writing how can i fuck this up the most yeah. but also what i thought was very strong about this film is there was a lot of strong performances from different characters throughout the film there was no weak characters. Yeah, these like these that you do completely just you didn't really. I didn't. You kind of forget it's Adam Sandler almost straight away. I mean, I never forgot it was Adam Sandler the whole time. I'm, I was thinking, yeah, I know, Adam Sandler's doing a good job here. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking all the way. How far away from like the general kind of character he plays do you think it was? It wasn't too far. Really. I don't think it was either. There is some. There is an underlying thing about him. He does. Yeah, he's always got to kiss the hot girl as well, hasn't he? Uh, he's a filthy. What is your, what is your position on the females in this film? I don't know really. Um, I thought Ju- Julia Fox's character was she was quite a strong. She was quite an independent person, but whether 
I don't know. I don't think it was Who's meant Julia to be Fox's a film. Who's Julia Fox's girlfriend? Was... Yeah. Yeah. I know, how, how do you know her name? I've never even heard, seen her before. No, she's a newbie. She's all over Twitter. Like People are like obsessed okay. with her because of it. That's right. why I know. But um, I don't know if it's a film that was kind of trying to send a message with strong characters and for female variety, but she was quite... Obviously, she had her own game plan going on as well. So... Yeah, but she didn't really. That was what I thought was kind of cool about her character is you were waiting for the moment of betrayal. Well, what she's and fucking it over. never came. Yeah, during the end, I expect she was waiting for it, but yeah, she totally. Was... That was what that ticket. Yeah, but she bomb had her own thing scene. going on. She could think for herself, like the whole thing at the end in the the casino. Like she's like that's when you really see it. It's like all right, she's got to think on her feet here, and she's still like. Yeah. I don't think she's very independent though. She's I would like, say no, she's I would sticking say she's with Adam Sandler because he's got shitloads of money and that's it. Yeah, I think that is the main. I don't think draw, it, I don't really. think it was meant to be a film that was meant yeah. to betray a message of that at all. Like I don't think when they were writing this film, they're not going to try and write those characters into the film. I think it's just the characters. It's one of those other films they film the characters fit around the main character. They don't have their other arcs. It's it's only Adam Sandler's arc. No, but she did. Else. She did have a, a, an arc, it, it, but I guess not an arc. But she was a significant she grew character, up the character because. She grew and she had her own. Yeah, by the end it of was, it, she... it was more that she didn't fulfil that trope. Like if she had just taken the money and run, I would have said this is potentially more of a a sexist film because it's like, oh, they're gonna these bitches are gonna betray you in the end. But the yeah. fact that she want she did want to go back to him, okay, it's probably not really love, but that relationship that was established based on the apartment, the money, the lingerie, the expensive think... clothes, all of that. It developed into something else, so she was loyal to him. Yeah, I don't think it might not have started off as love and for the right reasons, but I do think it then did become that thing. I think they did, uh, she did generally care about him. But it's a bit telling of her character that um, during the weekend scene, that she was a little bit swaying towards him because she was giving him the attention. She knows that um, the weekend's big, right? So that's obviously where it's obviously started from this relationship because she's always going after the money and she knows that Adam mm. Sandler's getting this getting this well, she's a prostitute massive a prostitute yeah she's where she said that she's a prostitute she's not a prostitute I swear she said she was like I was going to make big money off him then and you yeah, were she's, for me she's like a she's like a promoter or something isn't she I, yeah. I, I got the idea that she was going to try and get him to pay for sex no no oh do you know what she was no, probably actually get... doing was trying to get him in to come to the jury store Mm. That's it. Yeah, when they were trying, exactly, Maybe, yeah. exactly. That's that's what it was. Like Lakeith or Lakeith Stanfield was doing the same thing. The way he brought in KG, mm. it was the exact same yeah. thing. They mm, were true. just there to draw people to the store. I just thought because the whole scene before when she's in the cupboard with him and she's trying to lead him on, like teasing and teasing and teasing. So that's why I thought uh, just... it was probably to lure him to the store. Yes, it's okay, true. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it's probably true. Because why would she care about a hundred fucking dollars off the weekend? Mm. Probably, yeah, but also the other one, it, uh, the wickedly talented <laughs> Adele Dazeem. <Adele> <laughs> I was so, surprised to see her in this. I was surprised because I didn't know what she looked like, and then when I saw her name in the credits, I was like, "What? She's old." I don't mean yeah. it disrespectfully, but I thought Adele Dazeem was like a twenty-something singer. I had no idea she was like in her forties. Yeah, it took I, me by surprise. I recognised her as soon as I saw her because I know I know what she looks like, and um, I was thinking Elsa, Elsa in this film. Look at that. What are you doing? But see, she was an interesting character because also she was a wife who 
wasn't going to buy into her husband's bullshit. When that moment when he comes to her and he's got he's sort of filled with a bit of regret and he's like, "Come on, we can make this work. We can we can do this." And she's like, "Get the fuck out! I I don't want to see you. I don't want to be around you. I don't want to know you." Yeah, I liked that. There Strong. Was no that's, a, that's that's why I, I thought it might. It's interesting to talk about these these female characters because it was. There was there was a, there was a strong representation of of women. It wasn't it wasn't just a, there was meaning behind them, yeah. rather than just let me write a female who's yeah, they were both who's meaning, been they were cheated both meaningful on. for him. They were only there for the sto- they, yeah they were there for the story. Yeah, they didn't exist as their own characters. They only existed around him. Yes, it's true. Well, yeah, to assist his downfall. Yeah, they were dynamic, mm. interesting characters. I I didn't watch this film and go oh shit characters. One thing I got to say about what's her name, Adam, the the mistress, Julia, wasn't she? Yeah, Julia. Fox or whatever she there is that scene after she chases after Adam Sandler to the cab and he gets in the cab and she walks away oh yes yes did she have arse implants and are they real because it was ridiculous how her arse moved did you see that that arse I did think that too yeah it was like two water balloons I think it was real because when you you saw her just her underwear she did have that bum I I didn't notice her bum then (laughs) you're looking away (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking away. Too busy concentrating on Adam Sandler's teeth. I was. <laughs> anyway, we won't have the conversation about the fake glass, but I was sure it was a fake, fake boss. Yeah. Whether or not it is, I mean, I didn't know if it was like the actresses or the the characters, but like you say, if you saw her with her knickers off, then that explains <laughs> it. Knickers off. <laughs> you all get your panties off, sir. This I want to I want to discuss. Um, What's his name? Howard Ratner as a character. Did, didn't he annoy you at some times? Yeah, it's just him though, isn't it? That's meant to be like that. But like, as as some of our, our um, reviewees on Twitter have said, I, could, I can't believe you, you made me love a character like Howard. I never loved him. I felt for him. I wanted him to win. Mm, I don't know. I don't think I did. There was some part of me that was kind of like, oh, you can pull this off. Like, when he kind of forgot when he had to go find something like he left the ring in the shop and he was like oh shit I was like getting nervous for him I was like I really hope you you get this off and you pull this off I really didn't I didn't like his destructive personality so it kind of I wasn't with him yeah but I kind of like there's something about that it's just like it's almost like Walter White at the end of Breaking Bad I still wanted him to win no matter what he did in that meantime that's a, that is an interesting comparison actually because I spoke to a lot of people and I always want to know how they felt about Walter White at the end of Breaking Bad. And I liked him, but like Zoe and my brother really didn't like him. I still wanted him to win to the end. Mm. But anyway. But the same with him. I wanted, I was like, I was actually kind of a bit upset. Look, it was spoilers now, massive spoilers. Like, we're going straight to the end when he died. When he got shot at the end, I was like, oh shit. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. Like, the moment of becoming a millionaire to being dead. Like, you've just won, like, you think everything is sorted in your life right now, and then, bam, you're getting shot in the face. I was like, oh, like, I wanted him, him to come out and be happy. I never like, thought it was going to be a happy ending, ever. His happiness, I was like, oh, yes, you finally done it, I'm happy for you. Like, okay, you can get out of this shit now and, like, move on with your life and get away from all this But you know that he wouldn't, you're right? So no. Yeah, I know you wouldn't, he, but, yeah. If he had, that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been happy for him, but I also... I wasn't annoyed by him. For for me, he worked as a as a character because he was frustrating. So all the way through, yes. he made so many bad choices. It's like a little guy who you want to just do well. Like you, you keep you keep seeing fuck up. He gets a good chance. Yeah, he gets 
like somebody who gets like a job and they get a good opportunity, but then they they fuck it up, and you're like, oh, I really wish you didn't do that, but I really, and then he gets another one, you're like, I really hope this one works for you, like. It's it's like someone that you know who does annoying things and is annoying, but you really like them, uh, so you still want them around, uh, Adam. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's so like seriously, like it worked very well for the character because I feel like Adam Sandler did enough to make you like it for me anyway like his character but to be frustrated with him and the decisions he was making and every time he took another risk and another gamble and another stupid punt on something the reason that it was frustrating surely was because you didn't want him to do it you wanted him to just be happy just settle just don't do this just do this just do this so the frustration comes from actually liking him and not wanting him to do that bad shit but at the end there was never going to be an end point for him. When he sits down with KG in, in the back office and says, this is how I win, there is no end to it. There's always another another push, another push, no matter how, how much money you win, no matter how much you've got. That's why he's constantly bringing stuff into the store and pouring it out, trading it out. Like the chaotic nature of his life, he can never settle. Mm. There, he will 100%. never, nothing will ever be good enough for him. He needs more. And uh, it's to his credit, I think that it, it didn't make me dislike him because of that. That being said, when he was shot, it was more like, well, yeah, rather than, yeah. oh, good. So you, you know. led yourself to this situation. Yeah. I, but, I mean, were you surprised? So the moment of the shot was surprising, naturally, when, when it sort of just comes out of nowhere like that. It's a bit surprising. But were you surprised that that was the reaction of these guys after he'd fucking trapped them in the glass booth for like three hours no of course that guy was I, in some off. ways i was a bit like you're getting your money now like he sorted you out like no, yeah but don't you think so my interpretation of that right was that that guy the guy who shot him he was the heavy he wasn't the yeah. the guy oh, that he muscle. earned owned the money to yeah. so adam sarna was going to give that guy a shitload of money but that heavy wasn't necessarily going to and that heavy True. was he was more he was more uh fiery and shit so in that situation he was like fuck this guy bang Bullet in the head, steal all his shit. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm done with this guy. You can you can feel it coming because he's obviously he's obviously been held back by um what's the what's the uh, the brother-in-law called Arno? Is, was, was it I, I thought it was Arnold, but he's actually Arno. Arno. Yeah. You could you could see it you could see it bubbling over because he was obviously because he was family. He was obviously holding these two heavies back, and it was a yeah. you could see the frustration in these guys that like no matter what he what mm. they they were never going to really hurt him or kill him. Until mm. that moment where he's obviously frustrating him so much, and and as you as you say, as soon as you see that gun, you know it's got to go off. It's not just yeah, the yeah, show. It's, it's true. That's true. Yeah. So I can't, I could see it coming. As soon as that door buzzer went, I was like, "Here we go. It's happening." Yeah. I loved. I fucking loved. See, I think the the, the Safties deserve most of the credit. Adam Sandler was fantastic, but the Safties deserve the credit for creating such a stressful environment where even that yeah. scene where when KG finally turns up with a gem after like for an hour of him being yeah. led led astray, when he finally turns up with that gem and he can't come through the door, I'm like, oh my god, get that fucking door open, just get that gem off him, man. Get that was that my Mr. Gem. Bean moment. That was my Mr. Bean moment. That's what I was like. Oh come on, man! Open the, this is like Mr. Bean puts himself in these situations. You didn't like it? What? Did no, you, no. You thought it wasn't good, or this what? Is, this is the thing. I liked it, but it was annoying me a little bit. Like, just get the door open, <laughs> this kind of thing, you know. But I guess it's a credit to the film for 
for having the writing that makes me feel these emotions. It was annoying in the sense of this film's really annoying me. It's like the situation is annoying me. I suppose so. But see, what's interesting is the word that you are using is annoying. Whereas a lot of people like online and like my experience is is like sort of stress and anxiety caused by that situation. But you're using the word annoying. Well, and I, I kind think, of mean it in the I, same sense. I think sense. that is a negative reaction to the film. I think being annoyed... I think if you're annoyed by something in a film, then then I think that does suggest that you are annoyed at the film. I was more annoyed at the situation that he put himself in. But I, as you say, that's probably credit to, to the writing for me to obviously have some kind of emotional connection to the film to be... Yeah. Be, actually getting annoyed at the situation that he's put himself in yes what of just the way the whole fucking thing was filmed like erratic like handheld handheld yeah. camera yeah it, it felt like old cinema didn't it like the 70s or something yeah it was yeah. definitely you got that you got the, it wasn't set in modern day was it well it was only like 2012 but yeah yeah furbies were obviously still a thing back then yeah i just i yeah i really enjoyed the build-up to it it was a like you didn't nothing made sense but it did at the same time and then you thought okay this film is meant to be like this you're not like oh they missed like it's been badly edited it was yeah you get the tone of the film quite quickly well ish mm. I, want, I do really want to rewatch it and knowing completely the tone of the film but yeah yeah it, it deserves a rewatch um, what was I going to say yeah what, what I would have really been interested in is whether or not the the basketball games you see playing out in front of you were actually real games that they've taken from because obviously he's um, a real but he's a real basketball player yeah so i wonder but, if they crafted it around like some real games that he's played i mean it might be possible mm. i don't know there was a lot of stuff of him on the court just sort of looking like he was psyching himself up but, I mean, yeah, yeah but i mean they, they might have been cgi but the actual game itself like in yeah. goal they used the real madrid versus arsenal didn't they yeah even though arsenal won that game but they you know what was really, really weird? In the game, it was the Celtics versus... Who was it? Can you remember? I know. Philadelphia. Was... Celtics. It was Boston versus Philadelphia in that basketball game. Yeah. Right? And as the film ended, I went onto Twitter to just start seeing what people were saying about it. And at the top promoted was the Celtics v Philadelphia basketball match literally about to start. And I thought, how fucking creepy is that? <laughs> I wonder really if that new. was intentional because yeah, it released on Friday the 31st. So it's like, oh, let's play the game then. Or probably that's when they decided to release the film. But you know what? I don't know much about basketball, uh, so, but I didn't really feel like you needed to, to be honest. I was just going by his reaction yeah. in that final scene. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You and don't actually, ignore. you know what was anticlimactic? The game, the for me, the basketball game hadn't ended, and then suddenly he spun around and was going, oh, oh, and then he called her on the phone. And he's like, "We won, it's over, we won." It's like the game didn't end. They should have had that moment on screen so we could see it end. In basketball, if there's like thirty seconds left and you're kind of behind by like a certain score, they kind of just surrender the game. Do they? Okay. So if you're like ten points behind and there's like you're fifteen seconds left, they'll just kind of be like, "All right, that's the game." Like fucking defeatist, aren't they? American well, sports people, they don't know how to do it. They got no spirit. Yeah. Like us British lions. Ah, raw independence. Brexit it's coming room. home. It's coming home. I think it was a bit of a letdown, the whole although the potential was building inside like them inside the 
the locked room. I don't think it was very very good tension building the, the whole game because maybe because I didn't know what was going on like with, with the game, but I was like, I'm just watching a basketball game and he's he's just getting excited. It's not it's not like oh my god now they're losing. Oh, my god, he's just getting. It was like yeah 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 yeah. There wasn't a point where you thought the bet wasn't going to come off. But no, you that's know what? I mean. But you know what? That would have been a little bit too on the nose, right? That'd been a bit too obvious if it's, he started suddenly going, We've seen that in a lot of films where suddenly someone's winning and then it's like, oh no, oh no. Oh, but yeah, do you reckon oh, that no. was because of the gem? Do you reckon he was trying to prove that the gem really was that great, that it, you could win with no problem? Adam Sandler didn't. Adam Sandler didn't believe in the gem. It was just KG who believed in the gem. Yeah, but he believed that he believed in the gem. Yeah, he believed that he did. Yeah, for sure. That's the only reason he placed the bet, for sure, mm. yeah. One thing I thought was going to play out, but it didn't, was... I thought that he was going to break open the gem and it was going to be like some bullshit. <laughs> I was waiting was for that. Yeah. I was waiting for it to be fake, yeah. yeah. Like you, when he was rubbing it in the dressing rooms. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. That, I agree 100%. At that moment, I thought, shit, it's going to be a dud, isn't it? Yeah. And his his mate, the the guy who brought KG to the jewellery is going to have run off with the original. But that would be well too sophisticated <laughs> a plan to pull off in 24 hours. But like when his, when his mate wasn't bringing the gem round for those first couple of times... Like, that's where the stress really started to build up because you're, like, thinking, Adam, man, why don't you call this guy, Adam Sandler, I mean, why don't you say to this guy, don't come to me if you haven't got the fucking gem. Bring the gem rather than waiting for him to arrive and then be like, have you got the gem? No. And when that started building, I started thinking, right, this is the guy who's going to run off with the gem. And the thing that worked really well about that fucking gem is that in every scene it was in, you were very aware of the fact that the gem was in the scene and how much it meant to Adam Sandler, what all of that money meant. So it was like that Alfred Hitchcock bomb of fucking, you place the bomb in the scene and show people there's a bomb and they're just waiting for it to go off. That's what it was with that fucking gem. When he was walking down the street with it just in the box in his hand, I was like, someone's going to fucking just run and take this. Yeah, I thought that. It was very true, actually. When his mate ransacked the office to get his watches... Oh, yeah, and he just left it on the side. He's like, oh, he's got the gem. But no, he didn't have the gem. When he fell in the water, I was like, oh, it's not in the box. It's, yeah, yeah, it yeah exactly. Box. But this was what was beautiful because none of those things actually came to fruition. It wasn't ever rob- robbed. It wasn't ever stolen. His mate didn't walk out of the office with it. But the Safdies have constantly got that in your mind. That's what was so stressful about the situation is you, like in real life, stress mostly comes from things that don't happen. It's the worry that something might happen. Mm -hmm. And in this film, that's what it keeps you doing. The worry that, shit, that's not going to work. That's not going to be there. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Fucking more power to it, man. Did you know that Uncut Gems features the fourth most F-words in film history? I did know that. I told Jenny that. And I was surprised. Because it didn't really seem like it did. Yeah. I think it was because there was so much conversation. 408 times. Really? Yeah. I don't think I noticed it happen... Like I never, they never felt out of context either. They never felt unnatural. I feel like no. three quarters came from Adam Sandler. I can't remember him swearing all that much. He must have. Yeah, I can't he did. Hundred percent on the phone when he's like, "You better fucking, you fucking traitor, you fuck." Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Can I tell you the one scene? So basically, at, like always, in preparation for this film, knowing I'd given it a nine, if you boys had given it a ten, because I thought I'm surprised that I'm, I'm the one who's rating this the highest. I thought you boys would love this, but if you two had given it a ten mm. or a nine, this was the bit I was going to focus on particularly that I didn't like, and it was what I think was meant to be a really significant emotional scene when mm-hmm. he goes back to his office and his mistress comes and they're both crying, 
Yeah. Both of them, the acting was terrible. Not terrible, but not convincing at all. To the point where I didn't trust you didn't the scene. It. I didn't believe that. Yeah, felt very unnatural. Like I, I thought Howard was faking it, and I thought she was faking it. But no, it was genuine. It's just that Adam Sandler and Julia Fox didn't act that well. And, and also, it reversed the energy of the previous scene where it was like Adam Sandler is going out on his own. He's just tried to make amends with his wife. He's getting into a new place in life. And then it's like, no, he's caving. He's going back mm-hmm. to his mistress. And she's just like, okay, okay, I'll go back to you. But in effect, it works two poisonous people coming back to each other in a way. Um, but I just didn't like that scene. It didn't. It didn't hold weight for me. And I feel like if this is the scene you're going to show Adam Sandler crying in, I need to believe it. Yeah. Maybe he just couldn't cry, and they were like, "Oh fuck it, let's just put it in." Like, he can't because he's Adam Sandler. Of yeah. course he can't. <laughs> Adam Sandler can't do that level of fucking dramatic acting. This is why he's not nominated for an Oscar. He doesn't deserve to be either. Let's let's put it out there. He do- no. The film was great, but he doesn't deserve an Oscar. No. 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 It was a bit like Phantom of the Opera, that scene, wasn't it? Where he's like, don't look at my face! Don't look at my face! <laughs> he was so bust up. I, I Like, visually, it was a stunning film to fucking look at. There was so, It was, like, dripping with New York energy constantly and flash, pizzazz. It was intoxicating, man. Even those gaudy Furbies, the gaudy, like, Sonic Celtics rings, mm. all of that stuff. You can see why people would get caught up in that 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 way of life. It's so gaudy and showy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I I really, I did really enjoy this film, but I just, I just knew when I was watching it and when I left the film, I was like, I didn't love it. There was something missing from it, and it's, it's really hard for me to even think what it is, but it just didn't, it didn't, I don't know. I just didn't fall in love with it like everyone else's. I just feel there's so much going on in this film that you, yeah. It could, it, it definitely needs another watch. Let me say this, right? In my opinion. Yeah. I think, personally, nothing will ever be as good as the first watch on this film because of how chaotic and shit it is. Because um, you constantly don't know if something, if the gem is going to slip or something. When you know all of that, it takes a little mm. of the sting out of it. Yeah, it's very true. I guess the only part of the end is the only ending wouldn't have the same effect. I feel like well, that's what's going to be lacking. It would still be good to watch it again, but I don't. I, I I feel like you would vote down rather than up on a second watch. I honestly, I think different. I think it would grow for me. I'm surprised you say that. Like something like Parasite, I can I could see why a second, third viewing might upgrade the film. But something like this, less so, where the stakes are constantly in the film, because Parasite isn't a film about stakes. Whereas in this, there's stakes and everything. You know I love stakes. This is what I always tell you in it about the Marvel film. There's no stakes. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> this had stakes aplenty. There was constant fucking stakes. Rare stakes, mate. This is the main case. Sorry Very to change rare. the film completely now. And spoilers for 1917 if anyone's listening. I'm going to talk about this quickly because I talk about stakes in film and it's quite current. There, That's why 1917 for me lost a lot of its element is you knew... The stakes were there that he was... There was no... I didn't feel like the stakes were raised. You knew he was going to make it to the end. He's by himself. There was never at any point I felt where he wasn't going to make it. Yes, there's the stakes of 1,600 people going to die, but you kind of always knew deep down inside what was going to happen. So there wasn't those stakes. I didn't. I didn't. I, I thought that the guy could have gone ahead. When Mark, when Mark Strong says to him, 
make sure when you tell him yeah, that's the there's people thing. listening, I thought, fuck, yeah. he's just going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then he was like, oh, it's like, it's like oh, yeah, I won't do it. So anyway, like, let's not talk about 1917. Well, you, yeah, but you could, you could say the stakes... Um, there was no stakes with the Adam Sandler film because Adam, you could say Adam Sandler, you know he's going to make it to the end of the film regardless of whether he dies or not. Yeah, but you'd never, you knew what was going to happen as a consequence of that. I just felt in 1917 that wasn't there. But anyway, let's not talk about that. It's a good point. But that, that that's, you know, you, you're never going to capture that on anything that, any repeat viewings. When a film relies on the tension of certain moments, it's also like with a horror film in a way. A horror film is always going to work best on the first viewing when you don't know what's going to happen. And whether you like horror films or not, if you watch that same horror film a second or third time, you know where the jumps are, the scares are. All of those suspenseful moments lose all of it because you know, all right, well, nothing's going to happen for another five minutes. It's very true. All right, so so as a, as a conversation piece leading on, because this is where it's now led to, generally speaking about film, you boys uh, say this quite a bit. You say, I feel like on a rewatch it will be this or on a rewatch it will be that. Do you think that inf- initial impressions of any film then are in essence wrong? No. Mm. I don't know. Do you feel like you can't judge a, a, a properly give your your I mean ratings are abstract ridiculous things it only matters to people on letterbox and and, and twitter but like in, in life your the way you view and perceive a film is it based on that one viewing or do you have to have several viewings in order to really have a grasp of what I, I don't want, think that, what, that I don't know I don't it think works you differently. need to but you're definitely this is why ratings of films change completely all the time I love you to watch, watch this film again yeah because you might even a film you love you might like whiplash for me always goes up every single time I watch it I love it even more and more and more there's other films you watch and you're like oh we say I think we did on the Tarantino podcast where a lot of them you re-watch them and they just don't have that same effect and they almost go down so then Adam so what like, what I'm trying to get at here is potentially Uncut Gems could be for you the best film of this year, if you watch it a couple of more times, you could upgrade it to a 10 and you could, could decide do. that it's better than Parasite. Oh, I won't be doing that, but yeah. Well, I think with Par- Parasite for me, I need, if I rewatch, I feel like if I rewatch that film, it's going to go even higher. Like, yeah, yeah. I've so, thought about that film so much in the last to- months. Totally, totally, totally. Parasite. I don't want to get off topic, but I'm just sort of talking about this, this repeat viewing thing. I think there's certain films that, do require several viewings in order to really immerse yourself in. Parasite is one of them because so much is going on. Yeah, and but Uncut got... Gems, so much, so much is going on. But on the surface, there's no hidden meaning to anything. Everything is surface with Uncut Gems. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. It's just about how familiar you are with it. Whereas yeah. Parasite, you have to you have to dip back in. It's like a David Lynch. You can't go once. You have to go three, four, seven times. Fight Club's another one. Fight Club. You repeat. Yeah, yeah, watch that yeah, film exactly. And every single time you notice it more and more, and it grows more and more and more. Totally. But then that that, that being said, there's lots of incredible Layers films in that, that film. you like you like to watch multiple times that are very surface. Like Reservoir Dogs hasn't got any hidden meaning. There's little Easter eggs and little things you find out, but you just want to keep watching it. But that's a different type of film. I, f- mm. I feel like with those kind of films, you know you love it from the off. That's it. That's why you want to keep watching. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you watch films it for the like, acting and all that. Yeah, films like Midsummer and Us, which I 
rewatched after reviewing on the podcast and I've upgraded my scores because I feel like there is a lot of um, story to beneath the service, as you say, where you can explore on the second watch. Yeah. Do also, you know the time film changes as well. Like, even you can think about a film, like, I remember saying I wanted to change my rating of like Shazam, for example, on the podcast. Like, you might mm. enjoy it at the time, but the more you think about it, the more you're like, that was actually just an awful film. Yeah, it can go up and down. Like, I true. came out of yeah. Lighthouse yesterday, and me and me, Francis and Dan were speaking about it. And I'm like, oh, what did you give it? And I was like, I honestly can't rate it now. I could not, because there's so mm. much going on that you have to just sit down and think about this film for like half an hour, an hour, just to think about what did you see and try and an- analyse everything that just happened. Yeah. And I just, it's such a weird thing, rating films. Always, it is such a, it always, we do It's a, a very niche thing that, that, that But you never do it, do. you wouldn't do it to a TV show. No, I know. For example, you wouldn't watch an episode of TV and go, what would you rate that out of 10? Do you remember or the good TV old days when you just watched something and you were like, yeah, I like that. No, I like no, that. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then someone was like, no, but where do you rate it? Imagine every meal you ate, rate it out of 10, rate it out of 10. It's like, no, just let me enjoy the food. <laughs> but I enjoy doing it now. That's that's like part of the fun. I like I going, do. oh, wow, that was a, this film. There's also sometimes I watch a film where I don't want to rate it, but you kind of, you automatically I do. always want to rate it. I always want to rate I'm it. Right it. Like, but then, you know, do you, do you ever not think in ahead, like, oh, I just want to watch a film and not think if this film's a three or a four? No, because I get you excited, like, oh my god, this film's a nine, this film's a nine. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it goes up and down like <laughs> what's a little the first, graph. What's the first point you rate something in a film? And mine's about an hour in. As soon as the intro think. starts. Really? Yeah, I kind of I kind of get my, my first score will go about ten minutes yeah, in about 10 just minutes. while I'm settling. But I always know my my, my score isn't going to firm up until an hour in. Yeah, about an hour in. About it an hour is when I kind up. of give it the that's the exit polls in like an election. So an hour in, you get like the exit is, polls. You know, it's all about those final five or ten minutes, though, depending yeah. on that ten. Because yeah. sometimes yeah. I'm I I rarely go. This is a ten. It's until I get to that final ten minutes, I will be at nine. But you got to stick the landing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean doing something spectacular like Uncut Gems or something. Sometimes it's something like intimate, like Irishman. Yeah, totally. Just finishing us off in a way that satisfies you. Anyway, we are well off topic. Can I uh, ask, uh, have either of you, I can't remember, and I didn't check on Letbox, seen um, Punch Drunk Love? No. I have not. I need to see it. So that that I would be interested in your opinions on that because... I think that is a better film and it's definitely a better Adam Sandler performance and it shows better than this what he can do at, at, in terms of dramatic acting. Mm. But like like you were saying earlier, Paul, it's still, it totally still feels like Adam Sandler. It's just Adam Sandler being a bit more serious. This is the thing I don't get Adam Sandler. He's now showing he can do films like this. So why hasn't he done this before? Because it's effort. I read the trivia on Uncut Gems that he passed on this and the yeah. Safdie brothers sat on it for ages and were offering it out to other people and then they came back to him. So Adam Sandler doesn't know a good thing when he sees it. It's not like Adam Sandler okay. saw the script and was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do. He was like, nah, fuck that off. Let me go and make Grown Ups it's also down too. to money as well. Like, Probably, yeah. He's made four, making, they're making another four Netflix films, which are probably all going to be awful. But that was the... Uh the story how it played out because what he he denied that he wanted to do it and then they were trying to find someone else to get on board like i think they offered it to harvey Keitel. <laughs> i don't hear yeah, a bit old for it now yeah they did but um and sasha baron cohen yeah and sasha baron cohen and then it was actually robert pattinson who came to him and said i really like what you guys are doing and they made good time 
and that's where they got the funds and got the notability to be able to make this film. And then I guess Adam Adam Sandler jumped on board from that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen that, have you seen that statement he made though? He said, "If I don't get nominated for an Oscar for this film, I'm going to make some of the worst films you've ever seen." That's just and an then, excuse. Like, he was going to no, make listen, them anyway. And then it, there was like, and then he, uh, Oscar nominations come out, and then two days later, there's a press release for Netflix. Adam Sandler making four new films for Netflix. Yes. Mm. <laughs> He's like, "All right, it's happening now." <laughs> That's just Sign me on. his feet. <laughs> but this is, I mean, uh, compared to what the Tafti did before, this is better than Good Time. Because Good Time was good, but I really didn't like I the ending. It, yes. it was I good, but I didn't have Netflix. a good time. I only no. found out it was on Netflix this afternoon, so I was a bit... I was gonna try and Check it out, Adam. It'd be interesting to see what you think. It's pretty yeah. interesting, and one of the Safties is, is in it. He's, he's Robert Pattinson's brother. Benny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of has the same sort of vibe in how it's filmed I suppose yeah it's a little bit more structured maybe I don't know it doesn't stick the ending that's the thing that um, definitely not makes it fall down but it's, yeah. it's got a good it's got a good premise from the off it does mm. do you know why it's called good time no because in prison if you get let out early an early prison release oh, if you behave yourself and it's time. called good time yes you're off <laughs> But I must say that based on this conversation, boys, Parasite mm-hmm. is my top and Uncut Gems is my second. I just think with Parasite, it's a film that, again, I watched it in November and I have constantly, constantly thought about it. And you can think about it throughout life. It's just a film, it's just more of a powerful piece of cinema. Whereas this is, again, it's a good film to watch and you'll enjoy it. But I feel like... I thought this was a great piece of cinema too, man. Like, it's very different. No, but I feel like Parasite is a film you'll carry through your life. Well, not like through life, like in 10, 15 years, but just your daily life. I feel like there's more of a message with it. Well, that's okay. Yeah, no, I I agree. There's definitely more of a message. And I think like I would give it, I would give it to Parasite simply because I could rewatch that and pick up new things. Whereas Uncut Gems, I would just rewatch and just enjoy again. You're just kind of enjoying the ride in Uncut Gems, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with just rewatching and and enjoying the ride. Yeah, of course. Nothing wrong. What about you, Paul? Because you gave both an eight. Um, I would, I would at the moment, I would say uh, Parasite. Yeah, but um. And I can't wait to watch that again because I really, I really want to like see from the off, like as you say, explore the the hidden depth in this film. Yeah, there is and all that, but like it's not, it's not a bad thing for there to just be everything you need from the film on the first go. That's not to say that only good films have multiple layers revealing themselves. That's that's elitist bullshit. But I do feel like because of how good Parasite was on the first go, the idea that you can go in again and get even more from it has surely got to mean that it it, it deserves a higher place. 100%. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, like, it's like Midsummer and Us. I When you go in the second time, yeah. it's like, wow, look, this, this is actually like... not Maybe maybe you could say it fooled me on the first go round because you, you don't see what's coming, but on the second watch, you do see what's coming. You know what I thought when I came out of Parasite yesterday was how similar in theme it was to us. Oh, yeah. You know, well, you what, because... stop and think about it. Oh, this, well, going to get into spoilers, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like people, what, people being underground and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, we won't talk about it. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but, you know, just the whole double idea and everything. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I have no more to say on this, this film and this matter. No, neither do I, but I think... 
I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. I got to say, this year is started off so strong. And for for when we were talking last year, saying there's not going to be many good films out this year, oh, I know, there's I been know. quite a few good films out. Jenny listened to our end of year one, and she said that to me the other day. She said, "You said that it was not going to be a good year, but look at you already giving so many nines. <laughs> it's always the way. It's because you. It's Oscar season though, though, isn't it? Remember. Well, that is the thing because like Parasite. Uncut Gems to an extent was considered, and 1917, 1917 are all in this Oscar run. Now we're going to have a little slump of things that don't deserve it. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, we're going in for Sonic. Sonic and fucking Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey and Sonic just to bring the scores right back down to ground. But then I my really score will like elevate it like, like how it does every time. True that. <laughs> so then, shall we, shall we uh, have a look at where this place is in our overall scoreboard? Let's do it. All right, everyone. So basically, we had to take a time out there to work out our maths because it's got so complicated now. There are a bunch of other films that averaged out as an 8.3 for us, and they were Infinity War, Once Upon a Time, Buster Scruggs, and Avengers Endgame. And by committee, we have decided that Uncut Gems is better than all of them apart from Infinity War, but that's because Paul skewed the fucking scoring. So basically, out of all of our episodes so far, Uncut Gems is our seventh favourite film. Well Wait. done. Well done for placing. We got there. Oh, yes. We are the uncut gems. No one's got to the root of us yet. Yes. So that's wonderful. We've done that, and that was great. It was beautiful. And, and now yeah, I need to have my dinner, and Adam needs to have my dinner, and yeah, our next beautiful. episode will be... Birds of Prey! We're not doing Sonic first. No, that comes after Birds of Prey, but we'll be watching Sonic before you see Birds of Prey. Ah, I sees, I sees a man, I said I sees a man. Whatever that's supposed to mean, yes. Well, you beautiful anyway. people, you can get in touch with us at Filmbusters Pod on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can email us at filmbusters at outlook.com. We also have a lovely website, which is www.filmbusterspod.co.uk. We have lovely reviews on there and all our podcasts are on there and it's absolutely wonderful. You can also get anyone even type in www before website anymore. I don't. I just type in. Everyone just googles what they're after. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But you can also get in touch with us on our personal Twitter accounts. I'm at Filmbusters Paul. I'm at Filmbusters Adam. I'm at Filmbusters Ben. And that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Joke. (laughs) You were waiting for me to say Filmbusters Samantha, weren't you? Yes. Didn't come. Still hasn't. Still hasn't listened to that podcast, has he? That and that is so last year, isn't it? It was. When are you going to start looking at your health? <laughs> you know, you get what I mean, don't you? Yes, I do.